0: Welcome to another edition of TechNet Radio. I'm Yang Cho, your host, a technology evangelist at the Microsoft. Today, we have an, a speaker, an author, and visionary and IT influencer uh, online with us to talk about cloud computing. And he is David Linthicon. Hi, David. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, uh, so good to have you on the show with us. And uh, uh, we are going to talk about uh, one of my passionate uh, topic that is cloud computing and also I noticed that you have blog a lot about it you wrote a lot about it and you have published book about it so we're gonna dig everything out of you to uh, to get your insight on cloud computing what do you think
1: that's great we just don't hear much about cloud computing anymore so I'm glad to kind of dig this topic up
0: <laughs> now I noticed <laughs> that you had been writing a lot uh, both books and articles and for different uh, magazine and internet website. Uh, specifically, I noticed that uh, you wrote a book back in, uh, I think it's 1994, Turbo
1: C++. Yes, that was a very sexy book, very proud of, proud of that. And, right, and, 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 and,
0: and, um, and I noticed that you you actually, over the year, you kind of uh, uh, expanding through a lot of topic in terms of like Dave, David Lintzikin's skies of Clouds. Uh, client server computing, uh, a lot of uh, B2B or enterprise application integration, and then later in the last couple of years, I noticed you focus a lot on cloud computing and and really talk about the very high level kind of strategy type of things. So, uh, how did you start all this?
1: Well, the Turbo C++ book was uh, basically what I was doing in my day job. So, I was working at Mobile Oil and I was building uh, applications using Turbo C++ and I thought, uh, Uh, You know, let me write a book about it uh, so I can learn as I write the book, kind of dig down topics I didn't understand beyond some of the things I was doing on a day-to-day basis and really just kind of, uh, you know, dip my toe in writing a book. I mean, as, you know, someone who has a technical background, we we have a tendency to kind of skip the English language and not write very well. And, you know, that kind of cut my teeth on, uh, you know, sitting down and doing 2,000 words a day. And then that led into uh, other books, um, you know, that I that I published, co-authored and authored, and then it actually got into the uh, uh, EAI thing, uh, you know, just kind of backwards. So I wrote that when I was at Mobile Oil as well, because we were, you know, solving an integration problem, and I figured I might as well put some thought leadership and thinking behind, you know, how that's done. And uh, it took off like a rocket and in '99. You know, published the book and. Obviously with the web method stuff and even uh, Microsoft with the uh, the, uh, B2B stuff that was going on at the time, uh, you know, just became kind of a a mission unto itself and I parlayed that into a couple of CTO gigs with some publicly traded companies, Saga Software and Mercator Software and, uh, you know, that led into the discussion of SOA and discussion of B2B application integration, which you know, by the way, led into cloud, so everything kind of you know got into one to another. So the development got into integration because we had too much development and integration. Integration got into service-oriented architecture, and if you look what cloud computing is, it's the mother of all service-oriented architectures, and uh, everything just kind of led in one thing to another. I mean, people people often ask me, said, "What well, you you write on such diverse topics?" I said, "No, it's the same topic." You know, we're talking about the ability to kind of leverage services and build services and deploy services. And, and that is something that, uh, you know, quite frankly, has been um, under, underutilized. And now that we're moving into cloud, it's absolutely the way to go. And certainly looking at, uh, yeah, at uh, containers and, you know, all the other things that are going on right now with the Internet of Things, it all relates one to another. So it's, it's absolutely me just thinking the same over and over again, writing different books on different topics.
0: I find it really fascinating because if I look at all the books that you have been written, it's almost like a, a brief history of the last two decades, the IT industry uh, evolution. Because C plus plus at that time, that's the object oriented uh, language and in, and in, in paradigm that, at that time. And then you went into the SOA, the uh, you know the application integration, and then later into the cloud. It's almost like Wow, you are you are <laughs> everywhere. Now, um, so what's your initial thought when you first encountered cloud computing? I mean, what, what do you think about it? And then uh, has it been kind of evolved along the way? And, and what's your thought now?
1: Well, I was in there early, and that wasn't a good thing. <laughs> and so I was uh, actually wrote a business plan. Called Project Archangel when I was at Saga Software, and it was about doing integration as a service. So everything we did with the uh, Saga Vista EAI stack, the ability to kind of sell it over the internet uh, as a multi-tenant uh, integration provider, and uh, you know, wrote a business plan, wrote an architecture, you know, wrote a staffing plan, wrote a funding plan, and it really went nowhere. And and so at the time it was very early in thinking, and and uh, I just uh, you know put it away and you know thought about this was really really a good idea that we're going to basically leverage infrastructure that we we run centrally and There's, you know, we're underutilizing resources out there. Hardware and software is very difficult to maintain. You know, why don't we do this stuff via the Internet since everybody is running the Internet within their businesses these days? Uh, No one really looked at it that way. In fact, I think a lot of people consider it silly, even people I see at cloud conferences these days. So moving forward, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, a guy named Halsey Miner who founded CNET, started Grand Central Communication, which in essence was an integration as a service play. Uh, started working with them on their advisory board, and then fast forward a couple of years after that. After Mercator was sold, I was CTO of uh, Grand Central, and that was a true multi-tenant integration as a service, uh, cloud-based, you know, integration system. You know, very much like Boomi and other and, and Cast Iron the other ones that are out there today. So that's how I cut my teeth in the cloud, and really was selling something that was costing uh, enterprises over a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And we could sell it as a service for, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month for uh, you know any enterprises that wanted to deal with it. And, and that was the vision behind it. And that kind of started me on my cloud journey, and I've never looked back. So I was CEO of a cloud company after that. And then after I uh, left that, started a consulting company actually building cloud. So actually working with the larger cloud providers, ISBs, in putting together multi-tenant, you know, use-based accounted, governed, and secure clouds. And uh, it's been a labor of love. Uh, for the last, uh, you know, 15 some odd years, but for the last five years, it's been, been a very intense uh, journey and I, I just enjoy the heck out of it.
0: Now, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned this term a couple of times, which actually uh, bring to my uh, next question is, uh, when we talk about cloud, you know, many people think about cloud, okay, it's a uh, share resources, it's a multi-tenancy, uh, so what about privacy and security
1: and compliance? Yeah, those are always tops of the top of the list. You have to have some very good answers for that. And I don't think we had good answers uh, five years ago. I think cloud computing was kind of a leap of faith. And I wouldn't, you know, tell people to put sensitive information out there unless until we've we've kind of understand how the security mechanisms work. But, you know, fast forward three years from that, and we have Security Solve. So we have identity access management. We have encryption-based services. We have a number of different governance systems where there's so much rigor and so much technology that goes behind securing information in the cloud that we actually have systems that are more secure in the cloud than they are on-premise. And, and if you want proof of that, all you have to do is look at the major you know, breaches that occurred over the last five years Cloud's nowhere near those. They're all on-premise systems that people you know, are able to hack into one way or the other. And that's because they're not secured as rigorously as we secure cloud-based systems. And that's, that's because we're, we're paranoid. If we're going to stick stuff in Azure, we're going to stick stuff in AWS, we're going to stick stuff in Google... We're going to take lots of steps to make sure that our privacy is protected, security is protected, and then all we're also compliant with the local laws and the, and the international laws, and you know everything that's involved with that. And so there's so much effort that goes into that that we're ending up with cloud-based public cloud-based systems, you know, that are just unbreakable. Uh, right now, where things that exist in the traditional enterprise systems are uh, are vulnerable, and so it's a it's a weird time right now that we're going through, and I think people's thinking is typically backwards. I see. Now,
0: so the next thing about cloud when people think about it is the mobility. You know cloud is like give you the transparency of locations or anywhere uh, you can kind of access to your resource. So, what what do you think about this kind of a uh, the mobility adoption and also kind of BYOD, the, the you know the IT trend going towards that it it really brings a lot of challenges, and at the same time opportunity to IT professional, don't you think so?
1: Yeah, well, BYOD means I can use whatever device you know that I want to access my cloud-based services, and 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 I live in a world where everything in my life exists in a cloud. So my files and my uh, you know my, even the podcast we're doing now. And other things basically are delivered to me on demand, and and ultimately it doesn't really matter what device I'm using. And if a device gets stolen, you know I'll remote what remote wipe it, you know wipe it and you know, take all the precautions in doing that to make sure people can not get into it. But I don't care about devices anymore. Uh, My car, my uh, mobile phone, my TV, and, you know, all these other things that I have to deal with are all basically hooked up to the cloud. And I'm able to replicate my life, my files, my media, my music, my videos, you know, everything within a cloud service. And, And I think it's an absolute great thing to do. And if I move, you know, into a company and I'm bringing my own devices, I bring my files with me. And they're able to hook up my files into their systems, and it's fairly easy to do, and I can do so securely. So it's a revolution and kind of a freedom that we have these days in in how we deal with information. And we're not carrying around devices where information has to be moved from device to device. We stick it one place, we save it there, and we use it as we need it. Uh, Not necessarily has to live on those devices uh, from anything that we have. And it's absolutely a revolution right now, and I, I think I just really get blown away by the freedom that everybody has
0: yeah i also find out the uh, the mobility and the byud uh, byod uh, the, you know this kind of trend it's quite interesting for it pro because uh, previously i think the old mentality uh, for it is all about control right all about kind of defending you push you away and control uh, everything but you know if you look at the recent uh, it trend it's more about consumption but that doesn't mean we don't care about control, we don't care about policy, we don't, we're gonna compromise our, our security or anything. It's like all that are given. But at the same time, you do need to provide mobility. You do need to embrace BYOD. And I think for IT Pro, that truly is great challenges. And also brings so many different opportunities. Now, talk about that technology. And recently in cloud computing, we also hear a lot about hybrid cloud. So what's your view on that? Hybrid cloud, is this the next big thing?
1: Well, hybrid clouds have been around for a long time. We defined it at NIST you know, back in 2008 as really kind of pairing a private and public cloud. I think hybrid clouds are kind of uh, popular ways to go because we can have private clouds, which we can uh, put information that we're not comfortable with putting in public clouds. And for whatever reason, control or what have you, or legitimate uh, compliance issues, private clouds are going to have a fit. And then you have the option of moving into public clouds. And the ability to kind of move, work, move workloads and data in between them is kind of the nirvana of cloud computing as we're going forward, but you know ultimately we're moving into kind of a multi-cloud world, and I think that is is just adding complexity to hybrid clouds. They're just hybrid clouds in essence, with two or more different private clouds or public clouds. You can have Azure, you can have AWS, you can have uh, Google as your public cloud-based servers, and you can have some sort of broker that's operating on top of a private cloud that sits, you know, for example, an OpenStack cloud or even the Azure private cloud that just came out you know, that's operating on premise and so it's morphing into something that's much more complex that we're having to manage better but also provides additional opportunities and so if we're becoming a broker within the enterprise we're able to take either private or public cloud computing and broker it out to the systems that need it and move workloads in between those systems and that provides you with more options and more advantages and more ability to scale and i think that's what it's all about so hybrid clouds are here to stay they're morphing into more multi-cloud type things which are really just kind of hybrid clouds on steroids and ultimately uh, most people are going to have some sort of a multi-cloud or hybrid cloud environment uh, and enterprises are heading that direction
0: yeah i think you're absolutely right because i imagine a lot of IT shop Uh, in the past years they probably have established something and then for them to transition into cloud migrating workload and move into kind of hybrid cloud setting is definitely I think it's more logical and it's probably more feasible paths as opposed to drop everything and move into cloud. and I'm not sure that's that's what we're actually looking for now so uh, uh, still in the cloud and there's a lot of kind of technology uh, evolving and, and been introduced as so many different technical terms, but recently I have heard a lot about uh, microservices, uh, container technology, uh, DevOps, uh, as an IT pro, how is that relevant to me?
1: Well, it's just better ways of doing existing stuff. So if you look at what containers are, they're built on you know containers of the past like j 2 e and distributed objects and other things that we've done. Uh, you know, focused on in building systems, and and we needed containers in the cloud. Quite frankly, to deal with the deal with the uh, problem of portability, so they provide us with a logical and physical container for the applications, and we can either distribute the applications within many containers or encapsulate the application within a single container, and that provides a uh, envelope for portability in in between clouds, private and public. We just talked about workload transfer between public and private clouds or uh, different public clouds. And I think that's ultimately what can- containers are able to provide. The uh, microservices really get into the whole service-oriented architecture stuff. So if containers are, in essence, going to expose services or expose microservices, and we're going to build systems out of these microservices... Um, then obviously uh, we not only have the advantage of distribution of the processes within containers, but we have the advantage of service orientation. We're able to take the services within the containers and orchestrate them into solutions, and more importantly, reorchestrate them into additional solutions. So I can, you know, create a service, a microservice, that does a very unique and specific thing. And utilize that service across many different applications and that provides me with a huge advantage of reuse huge advantage of agility and huge advantage of just basically able to get things to market quicker devops is the automation of agility and the advantage of doing that and the advantage of leveraging containers again all the buzzword compliance are in here and the advantage of leveraging clouds is we can move very quickly through continuous integration continuous delivery continuous development in getting these applications into production quickly uh... and whether they're containerized or not and leveraging microservices to reuse those systems so the the whole thing now and it's almost like we have too much to do and not allowed enough time to do it is to move in the direction of devops move in the direction of containers move in the direction of microservices move in the direction of service orientation have some sort of cloud as a target typically going to be a hybrid cloud or, or uh... you know distributed uh, multi-cloud environment and get these implemented as quickly as you can within the enterprises because I've seen it in real time where I can go in and take an enterprise and change the way they do it and application backlogs completely, uh, backlogs completely disappear. They're able to get things in the cloud, provision their information systems, the continuous integration, continuous development, you know, all the buzzword compliant stuff. You know start building applications but i call it the speed of need and are able to change the business and and uh enterprises who aren't doing this right now really need to look into it like asap or their competitors are going to beat them into the ground hmm.
0: interesting now what about other technology it seems to a little bit uh, distant from it pro but you know when i kind of think about it deeply then i realize there's really a lot of relevance what i mean uh is the following for instance we heard about iot right we heard about big data we heard about machine learning and i was thinking about i'm it pro i i manage infrastructure i deploy services are these really relevant to me then i also realized that uh iot those tiny devices a lot of them have a real-time sensor wearable technology so there's a lot of data involved right and then so i imagine well if you have a lot of data and you're going anywhere, you're mobile, so there got to be a place for you to put the data. So I imagine, well, that'd be probably like storage. And if I have a whole bunch of data, I want to analyze it. So it's probably, you know, the big data analysis of Hadoop and machine learning. So it appears like it has a lot to do with us, it's just like we're not at that stage uh, yet. I- I- am I on the track? or? or- What's no, going on?
1: it's an evolving business and and so the IoT thing kind of evolved really it really just didn't kind of appear. So we've been putting sensors on things for years and years and years. We're just looking at doing something with the data now, you know. So I wear a Fitbit, and everybody wears, you know, some sort of uh, wearable device that monitors their health and their, their activities over time, and and you know, using a Bluetooth connected blood pressure using machine, you know, my you know my uh, treadmill is connected to Bluetooth. You know, that's an example of the health stuff, but. Also, I flew, a, I flew in from San Francisco yesterday on a jet that had to have its engines monitored by IoT-based sensors. And that information goes back into some sort of database to figure out if they're seeing patterns that may basically find out that there's some sort of failure that's about to occur. Very important to me, not only in terms of my health, but that's also my health, too. That a plane's not going to take a dirt nap. And ultimately, you know, we're heading to this huge space wide open world where everything has a sensor and the things are cheap they're all spinning off lots of information and i think that problem's been solved now we're figuring out what to do with the information every iot uh, system that i've created in the last uh you know three or four years everything's connected into cloud and because cloud makes it cheap and easy to store you know petabytes of information up there and actually call through it and make uh, determinations in terms of patterns that are occurring well it That'll make our health better if we're wearing these devices. If, that'll make our maintenance of machines better in hospitals. That'll make uh, jet engines run more efficiently. That'll make our cars run more, more efficiently. And, and we'll be happier people from having this stuff. There are however issues to solve. We're, we're a little bit lax in security. I wrote a blog post last week about interoperability. It doesn't seem to be there. We're not thinking a lot about it in terms of integrating these data points and data systems. And I think things are going to be very proprietary and very convoluted initially or you know willy-nilly so to speak or um but ultimately we'll get there uh and so iot is around because of cloud and i think iot is around because of the uh cheapness of the sensors and the wi-fi to, wi-fi based systems and the bluetooth based systems and things like that so now we have access to data we never had before it's hugely valuable So we need to figure out as quickly as possible what to do with the data, how to analyze it in real time, and how to take uh, uh, actions based on the information that's coming off of these devices.
0: I I really appreciate that angle. You know, IoT for us is about data, and it's about analyzing data. I think that is really uh, a great way to to view uh, what IoT means to us. Uh, So we have talked a lot about uh, cloud computing, mobility, BYOD, IoT, big data, all this, and uh, I want to... I want to kind of know your perspective in terms of what's the current state of IT. Uh, Where are we heading? What's the next uh, disruptive technology?
1: I think the current state of IT is we're in in transition right now. And we're going to be in transition for the next five years. And I think that moving into cloud is really the disruptor that's basically driving everything. So if you look at containers, the reason we're moving to those things. Uh, that technology moving to services, moving to IoT, uh, cloud is just making it enabled for us because it's making it cheaper, better, faster. The ability to utilize resources uh, at a price point that we couldn't use before is uh, really what was missing, and now we have it. You know, I mean, back when I was a college professor, we used to, you know, talk about these huge analytical systems, and we used to size them up, and we'd look at, well, they're uneconomically viable. We'd have to have a a, a football field full of computers to, in essence, do what we asked them to do. Well, now you can access the football field of computers for about 50 bucks, you know, for five minutes and do what you need to do. And so now we have the capabilities of making it happen. And now we have to move the enterprises in those directions. And so, technology companies, I think, are bought in. So the ISP guys I work with, and the you know the Microsofts and the, and the Googles in the world, and the and the Amazons, you know, are enabling you know this journey. But how do you take the average enterprise, let's say a tire company? In Ohio, and move them into cloud. And what's the best path? And what do the applications need to move? What about their data? What about privacy, security? You know all the things you just mentioned currently. And that's the problem to solve: is how do you stepwise move existing as is stuff, which in many cases is a huge mess, into the cloud without messing it up even further? You know, as I always tell to my clients that if you have cruddy stuff on premise. And you move it in the cloud, you'll just have credit stuff in the cloud. And so that's going to be our mission for the next five to ten years uh, in moving just the global 2,000 companies in there, the global one, the government, uh, into cloud and making that happen. As far as next generation technologies and what's going to really drive that, I think everything that makes utilization of cloud-based systems better, the ability to monitor, manage, govern, secure you know all those sorts of things i often get you know invited to financial conferences where people are looking to figure out how to invest their money and that's actually a pretty profound question so if i had a million dollars where would i invest it today i think companies out there that are able to do governance ads do security do management monitoring logging you know compliance monitoring use-based accounting all these sorts of kind of peripheral kinds of activities That aren't necessarily competing with the Microsofts, Amazons, and the Googles out there, is really where the uh, intellectual property is going, where the growth is going to occur over the next several years, and we're going to see some breakout companies that are doing some amazing things. Containers are going to continue to grow, and there's so many container startup companies I can't keep track of them, and and that's really where what the evolution is going to be over the next uh, you know five to ten year period of time. So it's everything. That is not cloud that we need to run a cloud, uh, and that needs to basically allow us to operate a cloud efficiently and effectively, and we don't have everything today, and so we're missing some pieces, and I think the folks that are able to fill in the missing pieces, either the big three or the uh, you know thousand startups that I'm monitoring today, are the are the ones that are going to make the most money hmm. interesting,
0: and thank you for that insight. you know i always uh, I always joke about that uh, I see a clear, cloudy day coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we're not getting. We're not no. going to get away from cloud. It's time to buy in now. Um,
0: before we leave, uh, I do want to ask you from a personal uh, point of view. Is uh, as an IT professional, if I just join the industry today, uh, what's my uh, what's the call to action that you can provide me if I am uh, kind of in the uh, industry for a couple years? I'm an experienced or. or seasoned it professional what's the best way that uh, to transition into this cloud computing era
1: yeah I, I think you know go ahead and go for tactical stuff so when i got out of college you know i focused on c and c plus plus and i wanted to be a developer because they were paying a lot of money for that at the time and i i learned a lot of things uh, off of that experience, I learned how to build systems, interact with databases, things like that. So uh, these days, I wouldn't necessarily go in that direction, but I would become very skilled at becoming a uh, you know Azure developer and doing .NET development as related to Azure native features and clouds, and the same thing with AWS, and perhaps the same thing with with uh, with um, uh, Google, and. But I wouldn't focus on all three. I'd focus on one or the other. So, you know, try to get a job and try to get some, you know, certification and do some self-studying and read the books and you do all the things you need to do. And anybody with a heartbeat and has any kind of skills out there is absolutely in demand right now. And I think that's the way I would break into the industry. And once you're in there, you can write your own checks. and basically building your skills and then work into an architect architect role so not only are you building applications but you're designing these systems Uh, you know parlay that into someone who can containerize existing applications on on azure for example with your container services that you guys have and and really just kind of build up on that and and so get in there with what's hot learn it get a skill and then once you're in there just follow your you follow your dreams and figure out what you're passionate about and start moving in that direction so you're motivated to do it and so that's that's what I do if I was out of college right now
0: I thank may do you. that next thank you. year thank you for sharing uh, your experience your insights in uh, good advice for us and I feel very cloudy right now <laughs> um, Thank you so much, David, and i definitely looking forward to future opportunity to have you come back and tell us more about Cloud Computing, more about your experience and uh, your finding and everything. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Well, thanks for having me in the show, invite me back anytime.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And for all those out there, uh, for all you folks out there, uh, this episode is produced by our best producer, Chris Cowell. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this edition of TechNet Radio, and
1: I look forward to seeing you next time.